Quiet on the set. Action. Welcome everyone to the Movie Machine Podcast, presented by Hot Chocolate Media. I'm your moderator today, Kyle Decker, and I'm extremely honored to be joined by three luminaries from Hollywood. We have our writer, Bryn Berryhill, who's the Zamboni operator on I, Tanya. We have our director, Ben Lifson, who's Jeff Goldblum's makeup artist on Thor Ragnarok. And our producer, Jacob Gulliver, who is Andy Serkis's personal trainer. Do all that mocap, man. That is requires a strong core. Anyway, here is your random prompt from the internet today. This is a parody adventure. The main character of the story is a delusional secretary. The start of the story, intimidation. And the end of the story, miscommunication. So we start in this office building with this young person we're not really gonna use gender for this person. It could be cast by a female, by a male. I'm absolutely open to them being a um, gender neutral character. They are working as a temp. They have just secured this job at this you know, really nice building, but the building has um, a lot of those lunch option like they they feed their their members beer or they have a lot of big buffet for free uh, a, a yoga instructor you know one of, kind of like a google-esque kind of building and this uh, young secretary is really in awe of this place and they uh, make the unfortunate decision to eat one of the brownies in the lounge in fact they ate a few of the brownies in the lounge but in the beginning of the story you don't know that the brownies are have some different elements to them and so um, we see that this secretary goes back to their their cubicle and everything kind of gets weird around the edges the the boss gets a little bit bigger the colors get a little bit sharper and a little bit off and so we hear this boss telling the secretary that they need to go and uh, complete this task of grabbing the exact right coffee for everybody on their floor or else they're going to be sent to hell and the secretary of course is very very concerned um, and immediately goes to their uh, mentor in the company to get the help that they need and the mentor gives them three tasks that they uh, need to complete to get the absolute perfect coffee they need to get the perfect carafe they need to go to the perfect place and then they need to complete the journey back without any red lights. And so um, this poor secretary goes through this entire world that's just a little wonky and then makes it back, of course, with the coffee after all these trials, tribulations, and finds out not only that it was April 20th at the office and everybody knows what that means, but also that the coffee was uh, supposed to be tea. And uh, it's a real, it's, it's not only a parody, but, uh, you know, because it's a, such a silly task, it's also making a commentary on 
the office work culture and also uh, a little bit of a coming of age, but for the people in their 20s were just out of college. Uh, not a high school coming of age, but a little bit past that, and I think it'll get to mm. our audience. Do you have a title for this film or for this screenplay? Yes, I do. The title is Secretary's Day Out. All right, uh, Ben, you have the first draft of a script called Secretary's Day Out. Uh, the pages are just like covered in Cheeto dust and some, there's like at least one ring from a can of Mountain Dew being set on it and some potato chip grease and it smells vaguely of Taco Bell. Extensively, it's a stoner adventure film about a stoned, straight-edged person getting coffee. You, you liking this? How do you make this thing magic? So I uh, uh, j- just want to say that um, it, it's good to work on this film after spending so much uh, time with Goldblum. Um, funny is if you spend more than uh, 20 hours with him, he parasitically uh, 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 gives you some of his um, speech and, uh, uh, and personality immense so um so uh yeah this you so know he's like a brain slug yeah you know it's kind of a cool movie you know it's, it's a funny movie anyway i you know this is this is a jamming this is a jamming film i just just looking at it so it's just really getting my groove on <laughs> so i uh um uh uh, uh so I, I i i i think that um uh uh, uh you know Secretary, you know, let's get someone. You know, he's a cool, pretty cool guy. I, you know, I was watching the show, uh, the show that the kids like, the kids are into, uh, the, the the doctor guy. So uh, we're gonna get the the Smithy, the the little one with the with, with the big chin, the the Smith, the Matt, the, the doctor, the, you know, Matt Smith. Yeah, that, that that cat. You know, he seems pretty cool. You know, I just he looks like he's like eighteen, so I'm sure he'll he'll play the role. I, I you know, I could look up, but I don't really want to know how old he is. Um, you know, because you know. Age is, you know, it's, it's, well, Jeff says, you know, it, it's kind of like a spectrum of age, you know. Age isn't really, you know, a concept when you really look at it. So anyway, you know, I think, you know, he'll, he'll be able to, you know, play it. And, you know, seeing British people stoned is always funny. You know, I, like I had this friend, uh, a friend, I forget his name, but, you know, he was British and, you know, he was stoned and it was hilarious, you know. But anyway, I, uh, I think that's neither here nor there. Uh, who is this other guy? Uh, 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 this, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> oh, this other guy. Uh, oh, yeah, mentor guy. Uh, you know what? Let's get Joe Pesci. You know, you know Joe Pesci. <laughs> he's pretty cool. Like he's he's someone I've talked to before. And you know, if I have a problem in real life, I'll go to Joe Pesci. You know, he fixed my lawn once, and you know, he seems pretty nice. So I think you know we'll just Wait, get fixed or fixed. <laughs> um, you know, you know, you a know. lawn? How you fix a lawn? <laughs> like, did he salt and burn it, or like did you have lawn problems that he took care? Of. You know what? Don't even worry about it. You know what I mean? Um, I, I do think, though, you know, um, the tea that we want to get, we want to get um, uh, Folger's coffee. Because, you know, I remember last week when I got up and, you know, I step on and stepped on the floor and it was super cold. And I was like, man, this is going to be an, be, 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 be an awful, awful day. But then I got some of that Folger's and it's like, man, all right, I feel a little bit better. And then I went and I, I, I did that little weird lipstick thing on Jeff Goldblum. And, and that was it. You know, in the, in the comics, that character is actually... Uh, blue skin but you know we were going to do that and you know you were just losing the the gold bloom there and he's like y- you can't get rid of the you can't give a blue skin to a gold bloom you know you know what i'm saying anyway uh what's for dinner you know i was thinking maybe i was getting out for chinese uh uh you know I, there's this good um uh, uh teriyaki place i'm gonna get some soup and hey everyone you know let's just have a really good time making this movie right 
Jacob, producer, you get the storyboards from the director for this film and his things is everything's written in crayon and uh, instead of storyboards, it's just a collage from Teen Beat Magazine. It's some of his favorite jazz CDs, yeah. too. I, yeah. It's, it's weird. It's, so what's the budget? How does this thing make money? Yeah, Only Matt know, Smith and Joe, Joe Pesci are your cast. Yeah, so you, you've got some good rough bits here. It's, this needs some real polish, though, if we're going to mark it the way we need to. Stoner comedy, you have, like, no classic stoner actors in this film. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to change the title. This movie is now going to be called The End of April. Our lead is a, a lady rather than a, a man. We're going to we're gonna do Cat uh, Dennings. She's fairly popular, but fairly cheap. Uh, we're going to have uh, James Franco be like a douchebag at her office who like keeps calling her and bothering her. He is the culprit who has put this substance into the, the brownies, as it were. Um, and then as another great nod to like the classic stoner comedies of old, her boss, the one who's like giving all the orders and putting this at the beginning, just as a cameo, is going to be Tommy Chong. It's going to be great. So that's what we're going to use for that. And so the, yeah, the movie's called End of April. The character's name is April, and it's also a nod to 420. So it's going to be uh, just like hit it really hard, hammer that nail in really hard so that all the stoners can just be like, oh, I get it. So we'll make sure that that joke like sells and we'll like put that element in to the trailers, just like really lean into it so that they, they get it. And then, you know, I, I love the idea of these wacky adventures of like, you know, Kat Dennings, April out and about, you know, trying to, to make her way there. I like having to go to like, you know, three different Starbucks because like two of them are, are closed for some reason or another. Or, you know, maybe the, you know, she initially goes to Starbucks and then finds out like, oh, no, they can't do Starbucks. The company's protesting it for some reason or another, whatever it is. All kinds of like hijinks and like weird stuff. I like, you know, having, like, traffic obstructions. Like, maybe we can get in some more cameos for, like, a cab driver or, like, an Uber driver or something like that. Let's see if we can get, like, a Zach Galifianakis or, you know, Jason Bateman or somebody in. Somebody else who would fit in this kind of, uh, you know, stoner comedy. And that's kind of my, my idea for the, the overall flow, kind of the feel that we're going for. I think we can probably, you know, put in fairly low budget. Don't want to go crazy with it. Let's do like, you know, 25 to 30 million, somewhere in there. If you guys have, you know, something else you want to throw in or, you know, another element that you think is important to bring in, I'll, I'll look at getting a little bit more. But for right now, that's kind of where I'm at. I think we can make that back and then some. And uh, yeah, I think, I think that'll be a, a pretty solid piece. Keep working on it, guys. All right, writer, you've got the notes back from the studio. You've got a vinyl jazz album saying, you're welcome, sent by the director. What changes are you going to make to the script? You, you know what your, who your cast is. You feeling good about this, or uh, are you a bit trepidatious? No, yeah, I really like the direction that this is taking, and I think that I've got a really good team working on this. I Since we did choose a, a gender... And it's a female, and the one who's bringing the um, snacks is male, and he's kind of being set up as a villain. I definitely want to add in the justice aspect at the end, um, because in this originally in my script in this work or er, in this workplace, it was just kind of generally known that this is what happens, and it wasn't a specific like thing. Um, but if the producer definitely wants to set up a main villain, then I'm totally willing to write it as a villain. And so the miscommunication is that everybody knows to stay away from him, 
and anything that he really does. He's been, he's kind of, you know, that office culture where there's that one guy who should really, really be talked to or gets fired, but isn't. I definitely want him to be set up as that in the beginning, and I'm going to set him up like that. And then at the end, he definitely gets a good talking to, the police come in, and he gets his comeuppance, essentially. I think that our female lead should find out that she that this has happened about halfway through and be struggling with the reality of what's been asked of her and not um, about halfway to almost towards the you know somewhere around that area so that she she's conscious of it eventually she's never been high before she's conscious of it but now it's sorting everything out and getting back there and then sorting out everything at the um, business I definitely also want to make sure that we don't paint a bad light onto Google-like buildings because I really, I really support that kind of culture in a workplace. So we're going to make it a more traditional office instead. Yeah, more pointing out the problems within the office culture as is rather than, yeah. All right, Director Ben, uh, you get some extensive notes from the studio and the writer, including one that just says, are you okay? You feeling good? You have a cast kind okay. of changed up a bit? Listen, I only have a few minutes of lucidity. The, 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 the gold bloom comes and goes. Look, I, I really need some help, and I, uh, um, I, uh, 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 what was I talking about here? Okay, okay, well, we got a film? Okay, well, we're going to look at it. Uh, you know, these are good notes. Okay, so, um, you know, I'll just let the film guys, you know, handle it, do, do whatever they want, you know, because, you know, you know, I, you know, I trust them, and, you know, I, I, I think, you know, they don't need to hear from a guy like me, you know? So I think you know it'll it'll be really it'll 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 be really great you know um it'll be really great uh great film and you know what um I was talking to the craft service people and you know they always bring those you know bagels and I was telling them like why do we have to keep having bagels at craft services okay you know it's like it's like it's like what is this the 1980s you know I mean I know the bagels were but you know we're a big studio now we can afford more than bagels you know what about scones okay like what movies are using scones you know I you know I was because I was thinking, you know, and I get that people, when they look at scones, they think, you know, this is a British food, and, you know, but it's not. It's not a British food, you know. It's, it's, it's really, anyone can really just eat a good scone and, you know, just just eat it down and mmm. Mm, mm. So, uh, but anyway, what are we talking about? We're talking about a movie? Oh, yeah, oh, the movie. Um, yeah, I am director. You know, I just I just come in every day, sit in those, uh, sit in those chairs, you know. Like, whose job is it really to make those chairs? You know, they're not super great chairs, but I think, you know, we, we just got to do it and it says, it says my name on it, so, you know, it's my chair, so whatever. Because um, I, I think the rest of the cast have better chairs than, than the director, but, you know, the director has to have this, like, old old-timey chair, so, you know, I'm stuck with it. I don't know about that. Anyway, um, yeah, you know, just, uh, make the movie, um, yeah, you know, I'm uh, just, just, I, uh, I'm giving the actors and letting the cameraman do it, and, you know, I'm, I'm just letting them do it, so I, I, it'll be good, you know, it'll, it'll be a great film, it'll be a great film, um, 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 is Pesci still on board, you know? Pesci, um, cause we could maybe do him as like the cab driver or like sure. one of the cameos. Well, I mean, because like I need to get back at like some of my uh, VHSs from you know I loaned it to him like like thirty years ago, and there's no way he's still using him. I mean, who uses them? So, but you know, I kind of want him back. I originally didn't care because you know I have them all on DVD now. But you know, you know my uh, uh, I, I have a cousin who you know who has a machine that can transfer VHS to DVD, and you know it's kind of cool. I want to give him some stuff to work with. So yeah, I'm gonna next time I see him. Um, 
maybe on set, you know, because I could call him, but, you know, that's just kind of awkward. Like, hey, Joe, you know, it's been like years. I'm just calling you about a VHS. But if I can get him on set and ask him about it, I think, you know, that'll be a lot of fun. Anyway, um, I'm gonna, I'm going to go get some, um, I'm going to go get some, like, uh, 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 chicken. All right. So, Jacob, producer, the first AD shows up to your door with a hard drive with the first edit of the film. He looks like he hasn't slept in weeks, and he's probably just getting by on coffee and probably cocaine because it is Hollywood. And he just he just kind of looks at you. He needs help really bad. Yeah. Um, you know, Jeremy's a good kid. I've worked with him a couple of times, and he he takes a lot of shit from our studio. So it's, I, you know, I, I told him, hey, take take a nap on the couch if you you know if you want to take a couple stacks of hundos from the the safe. That's okay. It's, it'll be all right. So, yeah, I think, you know, honestly, I don't have that much to add. I think this is going in the right direction. And Ben, in his madness, has, you know, somehow put together something that I'm halfway happy with. So, yeah, this is this is great. I think we'll focus a little bit on kind of like the, you know, we'll add in a little bit of the elements of like the big city comedy things. You know, maybe we can set this in like Chicago or, you know, like New York or somewhere that has like some kind of city culture already established and then if we do that then like makes it really easy to get Joe Pesci in as like a cameo we'll just you know pay for a few you know stock shots of you know things that are recognizable from one of those cities we can film it somewhere else doesn't matter just we can we can turn it into into that kind of a thing we'll use that style you know in that way we can kind of market more towards that sort of audience as well we can add in you know a secondary market I also want to bring in like some kind of, you know, a buddy comedy type of aspect. So I'm going to bring in uh, Mae Whitman to play Kat Denning's best friend, Judy. And Judy is going to be, she has like a, a broken leg. So she's like stuck at home. She can't like come help. But it's going to, the whole thing is going to be like the series of phone calls between them where like Judy's like Googling stuff for her and like trying to help her out over the phone so we can have like some kind of physical comedy from her and then like you know she doesn't have to get flown out to wherever we're filming she can just film whatever city we'll just build a set for that so that way we can keep that cheap but still add in like something really funny and have these these two great funny women bouncing off each other in a really really fun way to kind of make the journey more more exciting get a little bit of a, another perspective in so yeah I'm, I'm really happy with this you know I think we can I'm going to spend another, you know, five million and I'm going to, you know, try and buy some, you know, kind of popular sort of indie rockish type sounds for the, the soundtrack um, to, to keep this kind of bouncy and fun. And I think we'll be in really good shape. We'll market using those tracks as well. So, you know, put it on all like the uh, independent channels. We'll try and get stuff, you know, online, do a lot of online marketing and do, you know, post at uh, local like show spaces that do, you know, like local bands and that kind of a thing. See if we can get people to come in. I'm pretty happy with this. End of April. Looks great. All right. I'm going to put the uh, all the data for the end of April in the movie machine. When I pull the lever, it sounds like a really epic bong hit. All right. So it comes back. And, and this film just kind of comes and goes in theaters. Uh, a few critics, you know, say, hey, it's not bad. It's got some heart. I liked it better when it was known as Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist 10 years ago and actually had a little more heart and soul and a little less weed and by a little a less basically Michael Sarah. Yeah, I mean this was before everyone was tired of him though. And it that also I coincidentally had Cat Dennings in it as well playing yeah, she played one of the titular characters. 
that's the main reason people make the connections because you use this one of the same actors over a very similar it's a city adventure hijinks movie but this one's with weed and that other nick and norris was about you know people you know like you don't lose money on this now you know uh ben's committed for this he's he's got a real bad case of uh gold bloom itis uh the they, swelling of the gold bloom yeah, they basically... The treatment's pretty straightforward, though. He just gets locked in a room watching Igmar Bergman films for just weeks at a time. He comes out perfectly stoic and normal again. So, yeah. Uh, with that feedback coming, Bryn, uh, you have two minutes of time travel magic. Would you like to make any changes to your film? Well, you know, it's really unfortunate that they didn't see the connections that we were making with, you know, the big business culture and different things like that. I think that with that feedback, I'd probably set it a little bit into the future. So we're going to add a little bit of an aspect of, you know, maybe 15, 20 years into the future. Not dystopian, but, uh, you know, remove it a little bit from the here and now just to give it that little bit of extra outside. I'm really glad that our director has come back from his gold bloomitis. I think that he will be able to um, do the movie a little bit more seriously now and less of a, you know, just the stoner, because it, it really wasn't the stoner aspect that really inspired me to write this script. It was more of the intrigue, the what's going to happen and everything, and it's fallen away from that, which is, which is okay, I guess, but uh, I'd like to see it taken with a little bit more seriousness, especially around the, the social aspects of it and her, her journey. I'm just, I'm really looking forward to what's going to happen. All right, Ben, you, you've done some reshoots after your recovery. How are you feeling? W- would you like to make any changes? Well, I just want to say, you know, outside of the film, yeah, I'm um, was treated at a place where they've dealt with impression diseases. I, there was someone I wor- saw who had acute walk-in syndrome, Bane disease and Ellen Rickmanitis, but you know I'm I'm back on track and you know I'm making some money on the side. I'm I'm not working as makeup for Jeff Goldblum anymore. I'm I'm doing it for someone who's less impressionable. So I'm working with Nick Cage now, and you know just spending a lot of time with him as I make my movie and and you know you know just 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 gonna be a great movie and <laughs> this is gonna be a, a fantastic movie. And so 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 yeah, I'm, I'm making making them I'm making them treat this this, this movie so, so much more seriously now. And you know you know oh oh geez and you know. Um, I'm giving him the notes, and you know, just tell him, "Hey, treat this more seriously." <laughs> um, anyway, I am getting banned also more and more often from the set, so uh, hopefully they, they they do treat it more seriously. And <laughs> all right, uh, Jacob, your your film it, it did okay. You did a runaway. The studio you you made enough money with with Hollywood math. You didn't have to pay back in anyone involved in the film and. Secretly, the studio made some money, so, you know, they gave you a tiny little gold star. But it wasn't a runaway hit or anything. You want to make any changes? I do, you know. First off, i got to say, you know, I'm sorry for what happened to, to Ben. And I, I sent him a dinosaur skull and a, a gallon of black paint so he can really work through this thing. If anyone gets that joke, I love you. Um, anyways. I do, and I appreciate <laughs> it. So, you know, your idea for dystopia is great. And I think I want to use that. This movie is going to be set in Iowa. So, 
the this this is a conference that's happening. Being at this conference center, like out in the middle of nowhere in Iowa, the company is from like New York or Chicago, so they have this like big city, everything happened fast mentality. And trying to get this like coffee order for all those people is just impossible, you know, in this this smaller town. So it's really tough to to get that done. And that that'll be kind of a fun thing because it'll be like you know big city versus little city. We get away from the city culture, and you know I think you're, you're right. We should switch away from Cat Dennings because that really has that association with this other movie. I and mean, I don't want anyone to think about Michael Sarah while watching our film. So I think we'll we'll swap her out for Ellie Kemper, better known as uh, the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. And she's going to just rock her way through this. She's going to, like, have a ton of fun, like, being goofy small town with people to try and, like, butter them up and get coffee while also being high as balls. So I think that'll be pretty funny. That'll make a a great kind of culture clash sort of, you know, backwater stuff. And, you know, Joe Joe Pesci can maybe, like, play, like, a, a retired mobster or something who's, like, in hiding out in rural Iowa. So he's, we'll have him in, like, overalls, and he can be, like, a, a goofy, like, farmer stereotype, but, like, very thinly veiled former mobster underneath. So, like, that'd be a very funny cameo, and, like, it takes two seconds for her to figure it out, and just, like, so then she gets to run away from Joe Pesci's farm while he's trying to shoot her with a shotgun or something. Right. be hilarious. And then the cell phone can keep, like, going out, so when she's trying to talk to Mae Whitman, Judy then it's like, you know, it keeps cutting off because she doesn't have any signal. Yeah. It's going to be hilarious. I love it. Well, there you have it. Yes. That's end of April. Uh, the movie machine recalibrates for your changes. When talking about Ben, it just says, sorry. Uh, it just keeps flashing that over and over on the screen. But the movie does a little bit better with these tweaks. The Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist corollaries pretty much cease. But it does make a lot of critics and people on the internet basically say how much they just really wished instead it'd be an unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt road trip movie worth her and Titus Andronicus just traveling around small town <laughs> America. Andromeda, whatever his name is. Uh, <laughs> Titus Andromeda. <laughs> uh, traveling around America. <laughs> very different movie. Getting into uh, different hijinks. Like a lot of people said they hold out hopes that it'll happen. And studios are actually in talks to have some from this team, not the director, to work on that film. <laughs> So, as always, we end every episode of Movie Machine Podcast with a uh, non-sequitur quote from our patron saint, Guy Fieri. <clears throat> Peace, love, and taco grease. I'm taco grease! Thank you, everyone. This has been the Movie Machine. <laughs>